On this episode of the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, we talk with the fantasy guru, the statesman, to answer all your questions ahead of round two. Welcome to the Point of Difference Podcast for a very special edition Wednesday night edition. Louis, we've got a very, very special guest with us for this one, and it is five-time top 100 and two-time hat winner, the Statesman. Welcome aboard, Stato. It's great to be back on the Draft Doctors, only one week off. <laughs> nice to have you, Stato. No? No? No, no wrong right. podcast, mate. Uh, this is the pod <laughs> pod, but it's good to have you back on the airwaves for everyone to hear your very juicy advice. This time, of course, for AFL Fantasy Classic, and you are a, a guru in that region, but how'd you go for round one, Stato? Yeah, very impressed with my structure. It worked quite well. I pretty much went uh, guns and rookies model. Um, I know we're all pretty scared of uh, the lack of rooks uh, during the preseason, but they all uh, fell into place for us, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, scoring wasn't brilliant, but I'm, I'm sort of uh, got into that sort of mid-1800 range, um, but I lost about oh, about 110 points with the wrong rooks on the field. Uh, but that's okay. They're making cash. I've got all the ones that I need to have, so I'm not chasing rooks week two. Uh, I miss the carnage, um, so that is fantastic. So I actually uh, had a bit of coin in the bank, so I can actually uh, make some moves that are going to help my team while other people were trying to manage the little damage. I'm sure a lot of people want to know what your ruck setup is looking like this season, Stato. There's a lot of uh, people rolling with the dual rookies like myself. I think you're a bit more conservative than that. You're a bit more old-fashioned. You like a premium ruck in there, do you? Yeah, I've got one primo. Um, I've been hot on Grundy in the whole off-season, but uh, I'm very worried about Steph Martin, to be honest. So I avoided Grundy thinking he was going to have a bad one, but probably wasn't seeing how much the rucks were going to be harmed by the the new model. I'm not convinced that's the way it's going to be. So uh, with the easy run that he had, I went gone. Uh, understand that's a massive price to pay and certainly didn't work uh, round one and certainly having the C on him um, wasn't that healthy either. But uh, I'm reasonably happy to sit it out for three weeks. If the trend is absolutely clear then, um, then I'll make the cut. But I'm quite happy to say he's going to be the top two ruckman. Um, So I've already paid the price, happy to accept that. And... uh, the Flynnmeister is uh, my R2. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Well, Stato, we will uh, ask a few questions of you, I think, during this show. That's what we've got you here for, a bit of a Q&A for the people. But I think uh, our man Lou here might have uh, some stuff to ask you as well that he's got lined up. Maybe before we get going, just uh, a bit of highbrow fantasy uh Fantasy question here for you. Yeah, so I was, I was actually really keen to ask you this, Stato, and um, my eyebrows peaked up when you said that you underspent going into round one, so clearly you're thinking about the future a little bit. So I just want to ask you, do you chase a premium like McRae straight out the blocks if you have the funds, uh, bank the hope he's going to perform or outperform his price while being a weekly captain option, 
Or can you underspend this week and get a Mills or a Dusty type? They're going to be a keeper. And uh, after round two, you can you can have that sort of 100K banked and look at a better option like Trelaw, for example. Unless you have an injury or suspension, I, I don't sideways um, trade at all. Uh, as soon as you do that, you're one step behind everyone else. So... Uh, I don't make those moves and, unless a disaster's really hit. Um, obviously, Gorn wasn't that impressive. The other one I had uh, that I thought would be suited to the new rules was Andrew Gaff, um, but I'm pretty comfortable um, to ride him for three weeks as well because he's that type. He can have a bit of a downer, but then he'll just pump out a whole heap of uh, 110s, 120s, so that's what I expect. I've still got the question mark about the Western Bulldogs and Bevo is Bevo, so let's not forget that. Um, <laughs> I have got Dunkley, but it was because he was cheap and a forward. Um, but I wouldn't jump on McRae. But um, I, I think my information and, and looking at round one, uh, I thought it was going to be the outside players um, that were going to get the, the bump here. But I actually think it's both the inside and outside. So that's why McRae, a Bailey Smith types um, are going to do really well. I think Sam Walsh um, yeah. is that type of player as well. I think he's going to go big and I've started with him. So I'm not um, using the coin um, to actually sideways trade and grab someone that I think I've missed. I've made my calls on my premiums. They stay. Uh, and what I do now is make cash, uh, and I only started with three mid-prices, and those three mid-prices uh, will be used when I can um, to uh, go for the break-even. So a Stevenson will come in this week um, using a, a mid-price option. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's interesting points there, and you're saying you're not chasing a McRae even with the uh, sort of a danger field out, you don't want to chase that big high-priced premium with you know 110 break-even, but could could perform maybe get that 120 a week like Lockie Neal last year. If I had danger and therefore I had a player that was out for three weeks, most definitely you actually replace okay. him with another premium. Yes. Well, Doss, I don't even think you can pay up for McRae because what we saw around one is a lot of bona fide fantasy guns uh, massively underperformed week one, and they've dropped. 30k already their break evens are 150 we've got data to suggest they're going to probably go back to their 100 110 ways mm. you can pick them up after round two 50 60k cheaper that's guaranteed upside right there yeah so you reckon wait as well i think i think you and statesman are on the same page i might be a little bit a little bit behind the curve there might have to jump on the uh, the advice of stato and stato jr here in the studio here yeah <laughs> what have you got to say there stato uh, what I actually look at after each of these early rounds is I actually look at two areas. Um, those that are building value, so those that are dropped, had a shocker that I don't have, so they become targets. So they're the ones. So you look at a Lockheed Neal, uh, there's quite a few others uh, sitting in there. You actually monitor them and watch the drop and see the trend. And once they start to get bottom out in their price, uh, if you're ready to pounce, that's when you pounce. Yeah, so it's about not chasing a score you've already missed, chasing the guy that's going to 
get that value and when he's ready to bring those scores for you, hopefully he gets his form back like a Lockie Neal, maybe an Adam Trelaw if he gets those inside minutes. That's when you're going to pounce. But Stato, we are here for the people on this pod and uh, the people have responded at PodPodAFL on Twitter. We've got plenty of questions to get through. And the, the major thing that people want to know in this though is uh, the statesman's stamp of approval back from a from a previous show that we've had. They want to know if they send through a trade that you very much approve of, is the statesman's stamp back for this show, the Pod Pod? Absolutely. The Stato stamp is back for the Pod Pod. All right. Well, let's hopefully get a few stamps on the show tonight. Now, no doubt there's a few repetitive names here that we're going to go through that'll be mentioned a few times. I do apologize to that, but we do want to answer every single question here. So, um, I'm very much a robot. I'll just read what's put in front of me. So, if I read a couple of repetitive questions, I apologize. Stato, just answer um, quickly and concisely as you always do. Uh, This one from Anthony. He's gone Rao to Stevenson. Would Statesman go Jordan Clark to Shoal if the luxury was there? So what I firstly avoid is the red dot. So if you've got uh, Rao, you've got Dangerfield, you've got to move straight away. There's no point holding. Um, but I wouldn't move Clark yet. Now, we all picked some Geelong players. I think you did too, Dossie with the thought that they were just going to go massive uh, against Adelaide. If you look at the pre-season game with Port Adelaide, that's what we all assume was going to happen. But Adelaide was much better or Geelong was much worse than we thought. Maybe it's a bit of both. Um, but at the end of the day, Clark should get an improved role, uh, especially if we've got Menegola out as well as Dangerfield. So anything like this, you've gone mid prices for a reason, your research, your ideas. Always see if you can give them the two weeks. Yeah, I agree. Especially um, looking at Clark, I rarely do look too deeply into the uh, super coach stats, but Clark on that had 80 compared to his, I think, 50-odd AFL fantasy points. And he's a guy that I think actually didn't look too bad on the eye test. Like Geelong were not good in that game and he still managed, you know, that it's not a great score by any stretch, but he didn't look terrible. And given they've had a suspension and maybe an injury to a Menegola, you think that his role hopefully won't be too uh, damaged heading into round two. Uh, are you a fan of Clark as well, Louis, heading in, holding for one more round? Oh, 100%. Got a hold. Next question from Elijah. What is the best play in replacing both Danger and Rao if you own both? Uh, I missed on Stevenson and Goulden, but those trades leave me 600K in the bank. Do I chase the value I missed or swap like for like? Danger to dunk Dusty and Rao for a Caldwell type. So that's sort of what we were talking at the top of the show. When you've lost the Danger type, are you really keen to replace that if you've got a solid structure, I guess, for a Dusty or a Dunkley? So what he's losing there is a primo and a mid-price. Now, some people would have been thinking that Rao was to become a premium potentially keeper. Um, I wasn't convinced that was going to be the case, so I was never going him in the guns and rookies model. And after the pre-season game, it probably ticked the box there too. Didn't know what he was going to come back like with the shoulder as well because I thought tackling was a major thing. I also didn't like inside players um, with the new model. Once we saw the pre-season, it looked like it was going to be faster games, 
So therefore, that's why we've got the ruck issue and that's why we've got the inside mid issue. So my thoughts are here, um, Goulden is a rookie you need. He is likely to be one of the biggest cash makers and, and understand I don't mind waiting one week for a rookie when they get named halfway through the season and that way I see if he's going to hold his position and whether he's going to make me cash. So you can just say, hey, this is what I've done with Errol. Um, I've given him the chance to show us. He showed you. You should be hopping on that because what we need to do to get a, a completed team is make cash. So he makes cash and therefore I think you've got to miss out on um, Stevenson. I don't think Stevenson is a keeper. I don't think he ends up being a top six forward. be interesting to hear your thoughts, Louis. Uh, I think there's a lot of risk, but with Dumont, potentially Cunnington, and we know Anderson's going to be back this week, once all three of those are in, does that mean because they're not getting enough on the scoreboard that they use him up forward more? So I'm thinking, and, and I'm bringing him in this week, so don't get me wrong, I don't think he's a bad target, but I'm using him as a stepping stone. Does that make sense? It's not bringing in another premium because I don't have the coin to bring in another premium. So I would suggest that you get Goulden and then you get someone that you're keeping for the rest of the season. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on uh, Stevenson, Louis? Oh, look, I think the planets have aligned for Stevenson so far. I think that role is still volatile. That's why I didn't pick him because I was nervous about that practice game where he did play forward. Yeah. Um, I think there's, uh, I think he's a good value option and you do take the ride, but... Um, yeah, he's certainly not a keeper, and we've already seen in round one that Western Bulldogs were able to dominate the ball, and he comes up against them in round three, so that could be a massive roadblock for his cash generation. Yep. Yeah. So, no, it's a good point. It's a good point on Stevenson. I think both, by the sounds of it, though, you both are going to ride the wave for a little bit, just given the break even? Uh, he's a pass for me, I think. Okay. Yeah, so you're not even going to bite on that just given that round three potentially he could, even though Gold Coast he might do a good score, but round three it might end up being a hemorrhage of the, uh, you might have to trade sort of soon after that. Yeah, I'm thinking so. All right, this one comes from David. He's going Gorn and Brune to Stevenson and Jordan, but that leaves 630k banked. And he could get Mills instead of Jordan. The question is from Dave here. Cash grab this week with dollars for upgrades when rookies start getting dropped or the premium like Callum Mills this week and less cash for forced trades next week, Statesman? Yeah, so Jordan's an interesting one. He was on my bench and actually the last player. Um, and I just didn't see his scoring potential. But yeah, me boy, too. I was wrong there. Yeah. Boy, I was wrong. Um, my, my issue is when everyone gets back, um, and we're talking players like Viney and co, once they all get back, is he relegated to a bit role? Is he relegated to um, wearing uh, the tracksuit, waiting for a, a gig in the third quarter? Um, so that that's a bit of the question mark with him, but he's also available for cash generation right now. Um, the part I don't really like, because I'm not even considering it myself, is Gorn. Because, God, that's hard to come back from if if Gorn ends up being a top two ruck. 
Yeah. Uh, with Jordan, do you, do you reckon the injury to James Harms, I think what they say fractured wrist, um, he, he did attend some centre bounces as well. Does that sort of alleviate the risk of Yovani returning? I sort of sort of got to be careful with this, but I, I uh, in a way, um, a little smile went on my face when we heard that news because it does protect Jordan first and foremost. But I also thought, oh, people have got three players they've got to um, sort of look after, but then he's only a 3% ownership, which was a real surprise to me. Um, so much talk about him in the pre-season getting a midfield role as a defender I actually thought it would be owned quite heavily, but it's only 3%, so it doesn't impact much of the competition. Um, yeah, so I think he gets a bit of security. Um, so he's going to give you the five or six weeks we need to, to really make the coin out of him. So um, he's worthwhile to bring in. Um, I just wouldn't look at that Gorn model. Who you right. go to in the – does that mean a McAvoy is popping in there, I suppose? Well, yeah. whoever you go for – Go to you have to back in like they until they're by they have to be your R one or R two so I'm backing in Max yep. Gorn there every day of the week. Yep, yeah, and I think I think we do have to just hold on. Like uh, it's hard not being owners, but I mean we do have a statesman. Statesman, you said you are a Gorn owner, correct? So I mean I think if anyone's going to have the non biased opinion from a man who actually owns Gorn, it's better getting a perspective from that that point of view and statesman you are saying just hold strong he's still going to be a top two ruck and i guess that you don't want to be burning a trade for someone that should be in your team at the end of the year is basically where you're at where's your point louis because mine's probably if i get three rounds of 70 and um hickey's given me three given three 90s i'm probably looking at a move yeah i think round three after round three is probably where you start looking at sort of Exit stage left on Max Gorn <laughs> if he's still going at seventy, but I don't think he will. No, I just and, don't and, see a scenario. And a lot of crying involved too. Yeah, and the that fact stage. that Max Gorn is able to mark the ball at both ends of the ground, we're seeing that the ball is slinging from defence to forward. I think that sort of bodes well for his scoring as well. Whereas a lot of other ruckmen, they sort of get the hit outs; they don't do much else. Yeah, and we saw when Luke Jackson was forward, he was able to do some damaging stuff and Max Gorn's pretty damaging as a forward himself when he does have to move there, just didn't get the opportunity in that game. And trust me, wet games are going to bring the Ruckman back in too. So the, the longer um, we get into winter, the, the closer we are to getting uh, Rucks being the premium scorers. Absolutely. And as we saw, you, you only have to look at someone making their debut scored 99 on a wet day. <laughs> Yeah, that, the conditions played a massive part in a lot of the scoring this week and uh, as things go on, it'll be interesting how things play out. And that's why I really like Grundy as well because he plays like a midfielder. He gets those tackles. So on a wet day, Grundy's going to go pretty big as long as Darcy Cameron or Mason Cox isn't in his way. So basically, he's got a lower, uh, sorry, a higher floor. Grundy's got probably the highest floor out of any of those premium ruckmen because he can get the touches around the ground and, and it's a bonus when it's a wet day. He can get the hitouts to go with it. Yeah, I think on his day, Grundy's got 10 to 15 more points than Gorn on his ceiling. Yeah, it's, that's a big call, but it's probably something maybe some people were forecasting as well that Grundy was a little down on last year despite having an amazing average uh, to his name. This one comes from Carla C. Is Dugowie for Stevenson worth the trade or is Duggan for Zach Williams a better option? Thanks, guys. Loving the new hashtag PodPod. Thanks very much, Carla. Stato, what do you got for us there? 
Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Dugowie, but I'm also, if you've brought him in, um, don't base it just on one game. Uh, I think fix up your errors first and foremost um, because you you might have had Dugowie as your F1 or F2 um, and you would have considered that and there would be rationale behind it. I'd stick with it for at least one more week to find out what's going to go on. Um in, in saying that, I wasn't a fan at the start, to be honest, and more the injury history than anything else. Um, and you're also getting you're getting a midfielder back this week, is that right, side bottom? Um, so creating a, a little bit of an issue for his mid-time. Um, Duggan's an interesting pick. I see him as a draft player, not a uh, AFL fantasy player, to be honest. So I don't dislike the uh, Zach Williams pick. All right. Yeah, Duggan only attended two centre bounces on the weekend. That's why a lot of coaches actually selected him in the first place. So this isn't a trend. This isn't just him not scoring well, but he had the role. He didn't have the role round one, and West Coast are pretty depleted. Xavier O'Neill had nine centre bounces. So alarm bells ringing for me, and I think in the West Coast setup, he's only probably one defender injury away from just going back there. So I think I'd jump on Zach Williams. And if he wasn't attending centre bounces and he still didn't score well in that op- wide open game, that that's alarm bells that he couldn't get you a good score not even attending centre bounces. Shave the mullet, Doss. Yeah, the mullet's gone. I mean, it was for charity. It was for charity. But, uh, gee, it's- and, uh, and I'll just add to that, Doss, that if you're going to trade out a Dugowie or a Duggan because of their prices, I think they're both in the 600s, you actually want to be going to someone that you're not moving for another uh, for the rest of the year unless they get injured. So you want to start building your keepers. So that's why guns and rookies work because it means up to 12 of your players, you're not even touching. It's just everyone else you're moving to get your completed team. So the more sideways trades you make, the less likely you are to get a finished team. All right, this one comes from Sam Brown. How long can we ride these rookie rucks and what are the options? I like Draper outside of the top three ruck options. I think he suits the current game style the best. He's mobile, can lay a tackle, and has that observable thirst we all love. Oh, I yeah, think McPherson, he certainly does. how was his observable thirst on the weekend? Yeah, okay, yeah, that was... Uh, uh-huh. I think it was role-dependent on that one. He's still thirsty. He's still thirsty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, what do you think on Draper, though? Titch has thirst. Uh, Rockcliffe has thirst. Um, the other guys you mentioned, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you're not a fan of Draper, I'm, I'm guessing, from that. What do you do with the rookie ruck options, though? Uh, and what are, the, what are the options after these rookie rucks sort of fail us? There's only one option for rookie ruck, isn't there? Is that right, Louis? Yep. You go up to the premium or you chase the guy with the the lowest break even to get to that premium. I, I don't think you can waste too many trades if you go on that rookie yep. R2. That's yeah, why you've done it, only, right? There's only one to select, and that's Flynn. He's the only one. All right. This one from Crafty McBearface. Should our fix-up trades focus on rookies, primos, or those mid-priced value players? I think we've sort of mentioned this a few times, but Stato? Uh, rookies first, uh, mid-prices second. And that's why I'm doing the mid-prices this week because I've got my rookies right. Um, you, you've, you've selected primos for a reason. Uh, let it play out for them. 
Alrighty, Lockie Malks. Does Tom Green deserve another chance or should we sideways trade him to a player with upcoming cash generation? I.e. Uh, Jaden Stevenson's Caldwell, Hind, Scholl, etc. So firstly, uh, Tom Green is a great selection in Keeper League. Uh, don't think he's too good for the pod yet. Um, and that's where you want him. You want him at your... Uh, M7 or on your bench in your keeper team. Yeah. Um, and so, therefore, Steve O'Callwell, Hind or Scholl are all really good options, but understanding they are mid-prices, they are stepping stones. All right. The next question comes from Will Davis. What's your ruck situation and what are you planning on doing, Stato? I think we mentioned that at the top of the show. Uh, you've got Gorney and you're holding strong. Gorn and Flynn for now. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely nothing. Hopefully not worrying about a thing until I'm considering who I upgrade Flynn to. Let's Just on that too, Stato, are you going to captain Gorn this week? God, I've thought about it. Um, uh, I'm going VC Sam Walsh um, and then I'll work out everything from there. All right, that'd be a big call. I love it though. Uh, Matt Mottram, my trades involve Dow, so I have ma- have to make them Thursday before teams come out. Worried Flynn doesn't play and Meek is doubtful as backup. What do I do? First of all, you don't trade uh, Dow, right, Stato? Well, we always talk about this. There's green dots and there's red dots. And this early in the season, you don't move a green dot unless you've got 30 green dots. Um, and can I say, I, I did see this a little bit on Twitter, um, where we had Rowe score 84, I think the score yep. was. Uh, great performance. And a lot of people had him on the bench, and so did I. But you don't chase that. You don't chase that early in the year. You get your structure right. You get your green dots. But I saw plenty of people actually talking about bringing in a red dot player so they could loophole to get the 84. It's not the way to play the game because all of a sudden you're a trade behind because you've collected a red dot. Now, if you collected a red dot for him and you had Danger and you had Rao uh, and you had Menegola, all of a sudden you've got four red dots and you're just in fixed city and you're getting further and further and further behind. I actually have to thank Louis for this because I mentioned, I floated that idea to get even a high moors. What was it, sixty-two or something? And I was like, oh, "What do what you, what you guys? What do you reckon, Louis? Should I should I cash grab get Nick Murray for you know a potential call up next week and dump uh, Oleg Markov?" That conversation did happen. Luckily, Louis held me strong for Oleg. Yeah, uh, you can imagine my reaction to that one, Stato. I think. Oh, God. Why, <laughs> yeah, look, why do we work with him, Louis? If your trades are involving Dow, um, look, you either take the risk or you don't. You risk the red dot or you go for glory. I think Flynn and Meek will play, but it's a tough decision. All right, this one comes from... Yeah. And Can I just say, Doss, it's really important to understand that we didn't bring Dow in to be a keeper. We brought him in to make money. Um, he's making us money. Letting Still making us money. making his coin. Yeah, he's, he's an Uber rookie. Yeah, he's got a low break even still, and and I mean he should be named. Have we uh, the teams out now? I'm guessing. Yeah, he's he's Ford Ford flank though, mate. Williams in the guts. Yeah, oh, I wish he wasn't was, named to look at your face right now. He'll still get rotations yeah, through. Don't you worry about that. I, I was ready rotations. with a song if he wasn't named. 
Let's be honest, though. I don't think they'd name Dow in the team if he wasn't going to have that rotation. Because if he's a, if we've seen what he can do as a forward, and he's not that valuable as a forward, so they're going to use him in centre bounce rotations. You'd imagine if he's in the team, it's not that valuable as a midfielder either. So <laughs> it, it's a tough one. They've got that, lots of young midfielders call, in the twos as well. <laughs> That's enough, Paddy Dow slander. The next question is to do no, with sorry, Paddy Dow as well. Whenever Paddy Dow gets mentioned again, you know what I'm going to say from here on in. No, here we go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Do we hold Dow? So, yeah, is the answer yeah. there. Do we hold yep. Dow and play the break-even game or yeah. move on to a rookie like Jordan we have missed? Just hold him. Hold Dow. All right, yep, this, one from, yeah. this one from Joe Blog. In AFL Fantasy, Caldwell plus 100,000 or Stevenson plus 100K or Zach Williams. So, another one of those few similar names here. I think the next question is related to that as well. One's a keeper, Zach Williams. Stato, agree with Stato Jr.? Yeah, Zach Williams is the keeper. Perfect. Uh, This one from James. Might just interview uh, Stato Jr. for the rest of the pod here, uh, Stato. Uh, James asks, danger and row for Stevenson and either Caldwell plus Cash or Tom Mitchell? Is that the similar thing? You've got your keeper there um, with Tom Mitchell. Is that the one we're going with or are we going value for uh, Stevenson? I haven't seen Mitchell's game yet, but um, Toldy got a lot of the pill. Um, oh, so did. you think he's going to be around that top eight mark, um, and if that's the case, then it's uh, Mitchell bag him early. I think he's, from my memory, he was decent value. So he was certainly in one of my first drafts uh, until we heard he was going to miss a part of the early season. So I think he's value. And I'm pretty sure I was watching the game and I, I- – like I've mentioned on the podcast uh, the other night, I'm certain he started on the bench for the first 10 minutes of the game as well. They were just easing him in. He's a guy that previously in his Brownlow season played 90% time on ground in a 20-minute quarter match. He's one of those guys that you just leave out there and, and get him to work. Plus, he attends almost all the centre bounces. He was down at about 80% for centre bounces and 80% for time on ground, easing him back in, and he still dropped a 108. But it's a pretty easy opposition as well in Essendon in a high-scoring game, so that'll be easy to uh, interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Ninja Spoon, do we look to mid-price guys or stash cash and wait for fallen premiums? No stepping stones as a rule. Now, I use stepping stones. Um, it's Will I say that it's, it's all about the rookies? I've only got three mid-prices in my whole team. Everything else is primo and rooks. And the reason why I still always have a few mid-prices is the first five to six weeks while the, the rookies are building the cash, I have something I can move. So you get two trades every single week. Uh, in this game, so I utilise them to bank as much cash. So make as much points and bank as much cash. So as soon as one of the mid-prices starts to turn or has a bad week, loses cash gen, I move it to the next. So that's why I'm playing the break-even game week in, week out. Uh, I'm feeling awfully comfortable with danger to Mills and Meeks or other rookies to row, says Punchy. Haven't changed this since Monday, yet it seems like everyone is chasing value, e.g. Hind, Caldwell, Stevenson. Should I just stick with the more traditional fix-up moves or chase mid-price value? Thoughts? So who's he moving on, Louis? Uh, Meek. Or other rookies, so 
but 170k rookie, you'd think. Yeah, I'd be going get your all your rookies right first, then use the mid prices for stepping stones. Make, I'd do the same. Find the way to make yeah, find the way to make the most cash possible. There'll be guys that pop in round two as well. Uh, and then Titch or Zach Williams, who would be preferred from Alex Thornwell? Thornhill? Titch. Titch. All right, rowing the boat. Old man leg, Oleg Markov, um, I'm guessing. Marks were a huge contributor to his score. Where do you think his average goes over the next five rounds? Did you manage to catch that game? And what, what do you reckon on Oleg? It was a high mark game. Does he maintain that? You know, I mean, he can't maintain 108, whatever he scored, but can he score as an 80 on a weekly, week-to-week basis? Yeah, I, I think he's more of an averaging around a 70 mark, to be honest. Okay, fair enough. That's uh, still going to make us plenty of cash. Uh, yep. H, long sleeve energy. How long should you hold underperforming premiums? I guess the guys like your Max Gorns are in this category or a Lockie Neal. How long should we hold these underperforming premiums? Uh, I'm three weeks. What about you, Louis? Yep, three weeks. You got two weeks of data then. Perfect. Uh, this one from Darren V. How would you rank Scholl, Caldwell, Stevenson, and Markov? I'll let Stato Jr. Louis go first, then I'll let the Statesman Senior go. Uh, okay, I'd probably go Stevenson, Caldwell, Scholl, Markov, or interchange those last two, I think. Throw a blanket over them. Senior? Yeah, I'll go uh, break even. So, therefore, it is Stevenson uh, for the forward line and Markov for the defence, first and foremost, depending on what position play you need to do. All right. Uh, this one from Stan, Sam Hill, another Stevenson question, but he's got a third name to throw in. So, he's got Stevenson, Caldwell. Uh, just quickly, are you guys both Stevenson over Caldwell, Louis? Yep. And Stater? Yep. Okay, well, we've got a third name to throw in from Sam Hill. He's got Chera in there as well. So, we've obviously got a bit of extra cash floating around. Would you go Chera over both Stevenson and Caldwell? What's his break-even, Doss? Yeah, you will have to get that up for me, Louis. But while we get that up, we'll go on to another question. Jared Trainer asks, Will Brody, uh, with a little X for a kiss for you there, Stato, I think as well. What do you think on (laughs) Will Brody? Brody, no. Um, your boy might be back this week. Uh, oh, Fiorini, yes, for the Matt Rowe yeah, injury. He might I, be I, back. He won't be. He won't be. So uh, you just, want to trade in the keeper league if he is? Oh, I'd absolutely want him back. Yeah, he needs to be in the squad. <laughs> he belongs at home. So just on Chera, he's got the 79 break even. So if you're really keen on him, he had the most centre bounces uh, for the Dockers of the midfielders on the weekend. Uh but I'd, I'd probably avoid at that break even and chase a Stevenson or Coldwell. He's just a long way away from a, a top eight mid. Um, so Stevenson uh, has the potential to shock us and end up being a top six forward, but I just don't see Chera being a, a top eight mid. Dossie, if you've got extra cash, I actually really like Noah Anderson at 550k as a sideways option. If you're gonna, if you're gonna consider that, yeah, well, that's uh, that's an interesting option. I mean, he d- he did have a bit of CBAs, and he's talking talking about the uh, options like you're saying, statesman earlier in terms of who are the big winners of the new rules. It's those guys that play inside and outside. Noah Anderson's probably one of those guys. Maybe a bit bit young to 
to take well i mean we've seen a lot of second year players take the take the big leap do you like Nora anderson especially at that uh that very cheap price yeah, understand the theory, but I, I probably wouldn't go there myself. But in saying that, when you talk about the inside and outside, probably Chera fits into that model. So maybe he's one we should be watching a bit closer. So it's an right, interesting so call when you think about it that way. There's two guys there. I mean, even you could just monitor them over the next couple of weeks. They're still going to be very cheap in a week or two if they do start popping, but ones to monitor. Uh, Miller Time asks, Mr. Number 5 from last year, cut to goey. And he said, that's a rhetorical question. He's cut. So, he's getting rid of Dugowie. Oh, wow. And he's a, he's a cap wearer like yourself, Statesman. And he, he doesn't mind uh, showing that too. He doesn't mind uh, showing his number five cap around town. But what are your – you reckon hold Dugowie? You're on the camp. I think we're, we're all in the same camp. If you need to hold him one more week, he's got a pretty nice matchup. We saw what Dusty did. If Dugowie is Dusty light, ultra light by the, <laughs> by the looks, he should at least get us maybe an 80 to 90 and hopefully higher if he actually pops. Well, Dossie, we picked him for the midfield role and we saw that on the weekend. He didn't have the scoring, but – He didn't have the CBAs we wanted, away. I'm not sure – I think he only had the nine centre bounces, though. I think we were hoping for, he, you know. He did a lot of uh, Yeah, but the pies the pies uh, were dominated by by the dogs. So, I think they were looking for a bit of forward press, a bit of forward momentum, and uh, he was a victim of that, which is something to flag going into the future. But yep. I think the role is there, yep. at least for now. Agreed. I'm, on the, I'm in the same camp as you guys. Just being the devil's advocate there, guys, uh, for you guys. Uh, cutting Dow versus Dugowie is our is our last question here from Lex Turnbull. Cutting Dow versus Dugowie, if that's your only two options, I guess. Uh, Dow. Yeah. You're holding the potential, uh, potential top six forward. I'm just going to check if we have any late questions here. No, we're all set. We're all good, guys. Uh, and we are at PodPod AFL for those Twitter questions. Statesman, you can find at Statesman33. Now, Louis, I do want to ask you, though, you, you've got the great man here. Is there any final little questions you want to ask from your own perspective, your own selfish fantasy perspective that you want to ask the great man before we let him go? Uh, okay, selfishly, I'll ask the great man. Um, I'm someone, unfortunately, that got hit with the Matt Rowe and the Patrick Dangerfield uh, suspension and injury. So right now, I'm looking at going to sideways on a premium and sideways on probably someone who's going to be making cash, like your your Hines, Stevenson, Coldwell, what have you. So do you think the uh, the best way to look at it, um, Stater, was that you have to go to another keeper? You can't just um, slip, split it both ways is what I'm saying. No, I, I, the two people you're taking out to me is one primo in the forward line and one mid-pricer in the midfield. So I feel comfortable that you're actually replacing because you're keeping the structure you had. The, the issue you end up having, and this is all luck thing, that you actually end up being the way behind in the proactive moves against the other coaches that are switched on. So the, the ones that won't end up in the top 100 are actually just doing sideways moves this week. A four sideways is completely different. You need to do it. You can't have Dangerfield sitting on your bench. So I'd feel quite comfortable that you're actually going to go to one premium and then one mid-price that's going to make you cash or play the break-even game. Beautiful. Thanks for putting me on the spot there, Doss. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got, I've, got my own, I've got my own selfish one as well. Dangerfield and Tanner Brune, who failed me last week, Stato, 
for Jack McRae and any 170K rookie. You're saying avoid Jack McRae and chase a bit of value or can I go and ride no, the McRae no, train? No, that's, that's fine, mate. No, no, what, what I was saying, it's not about avoiding Jack McRae. I just wasn't going to move any of the ones I decided were my primos yeah. to Jack McRae because it's a sideways move. You're forced into it. It's a great opportunity. Uh, Tanner Bruin was a bad pick to start with, mate, but don't get me started on that. Um, <laughs> you've got a history of those. Uh, that's okay. Um <laughs> But but correcting it by picking um, uh, an elite premium and someone's going to make you cash is ticks in the box, mate. Yeah, so I think a really bad move would be sort of going Dugowie down to Stevenson and then going someone you think's a keeper like your, your Tim Taranto up to Jackson McRae. You're gaining nothing. You're basically taking two steps forward just to take one step back. Yeah, that makes sense. So the two sort of variables, you've got to trade – You've got to trade danger. He's a, he's a guy that's already in your structure. I'm just basically manipulating my structure, chucking an extra premium midfielder on field and backing in a forward rookie, which we've actually had a couple of decent ones. ones. It basically it does, it yep. basically just um, requires me to get one 170k guy named for this week that I'm semi confident for job security, which maybe oh that's the only coin you've got. Is that what you're saying? You're you're yeah, 172 Yeah, that is the, the only coin. Scenario. Yep. Well, Eli Smith. Eli to, Smith, come through yeah. for me, baby. Anyway, yeah. Stato. Yeah, a bit risky, but yeah. Any any final nuggets of wisdom heading into round two from a man who's been there plenty of times? Yeah, Taranto to be a top six forward. All right, there you have it. Taranto, a top six forward. Well, Statesman, we appreciate your time very much. Uh, thanks for joining us on the Point of Difference podcast and good luck for the fantasy season yourself. Yeah, same to you both. Good on you, Stato. <laughs>